Welcome to the Beloved Lifehouse Podcast. Oh, Lifehouse Beloved Podcast. <laughs> How do we normally say it? Well, you know, you, you're on Beloved anyway. Uh, the last two weeks, uh, sorry, the last four weeks at Lifehouse, we've been preaching um, on what we call the fine print. Well, the sermon titles were called the fine print. Lena, do you want to explain what you think that means, the fine print? <laughs> um, so we're talking about the, the fine print, the the full cost of following following Jesus, what that looks like in the day-to-day of our lives, be it loss of friendships, be it hatred, be it accusation. Right, cool, yeah. So if you think of fine print or small print when you sign a contract, it's really if we take we took that sort of to, to say we're looking at the parts of the word that maybe we gloss over or maybe we don't focus on as much, maybe parts that we don't like as much. And the particular fine print that we've been looking at is picking up your cross and following Jesus. And just before we go, I know uh, Lena's just going to explain some technical difficulties <laughs> we've been having. Yep. So we did a full recording of our podcast um, a couple of days ago. And then we had some problems with recording our um, our first session today. So we're re-recording. So next week, if you're listening and something sounds a little bit odd, like we refer to something that we didn't say today, it's because we just had to record this first one again. Yeah, and we don't always remember exactly what we <laughs> say, do we? I mean, we have notes, but obviously we ad lib as well. And, and we just want to give a shout out to Anna, who's not with us for this series. Um, we miss having her here, here, but she'll be here next series. So hi, Anna. All right. Um, the, the scripture that would sort of go with this the sermon, or the, uh, sorry, the series that we're doing is Luke 9 verse 23. And this is Jesus talking. Wait, did we, did we say the title? Oh, okay, go no, we for it, did. Yeah. Um, so the next four weeks we're going to be looking at no cross, no crown. So, yeah, we're talking about the fine print and um, as Carol was saying, but, yeah, this is no cross, no crown. All right, so Luke 9 verse 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Jesus is talking here to his disciples. He's talking about the cost of being a disciple. And he goes, he, he speaks about this further as well in Luke 14 verses 25 to 33, which I won't read for you, but you can go and read. And, and he basically tells us in here that there is clearly, there is a cost in following him. And so we want to look today at three points, um, or not today, sorry, over the podcast, over the four weeks of three main points that um, look at the cost of what Jesus is talking about in that scripture. And these points are based on Charles Spurgeon's sermon, which is entitled Cross Bearing. And the first one is, what is your particular cross? What does that look like for you? The second point we'll be looking at is what are you to do with your cross? And the third point is what should or what does encourage us as we actually pick up that cross and carry it. Um, And before we kick off with our first point, what is my particular cross? I just want to share an encouraging scripture with you. And you need to take the scripture and really burn it into your heart and spirit because it will strengthen and encourage you in your daily walk and particularly, you know, in those seasons when it is cross bearing and you're going through difficulty. So Romans 8, 16 to 18. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Uh, That part, I just want to pull a part out of there. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might share in his glory. And Charles Spurgeon puts it like this. He says, There are no cross wearers in heaven who are not cross bearers on earth. 
That's a lovely picture though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. How you're going to make that beautiful exchange one day. Yeah. And it's uh, really important for us to be carrying our cross. Um, We look at 1 Corinthians 3 talks about our life as a foundation and and a building. And what we want to do is we want to build a a strong foundation and a strong building in our life, one that uses gold and silver and costly stones. And um, on the day of days, you know, on Judgment Day, we want that to be revealed as something that's strong and can withstand. Um, We we sacrifice and and carry our cross now so that then um, our life won't be revealed as something made of wood, hay or straw. So So we want something strong. Yeah, and the wood the word says that wood hay and straw is just going to be burnt up, isn't it? So, yeah, you yeah. Know, we we don't want to be like the builder who is saved only by the skin of their teeth, sort of thing. That's right. Yep. All right. So we want to just um, you know, because Jesus said you got to pick up your cross and follow me. We want to actually just look at what this means. What is cross bearing? What does it actually mean practically? And so the first point we're going to look at today is what is my particular cross? And I just want to say that that's obviously going to vary from person to person. And um, some of the points that we look at, you might have all aspects of the points that you have. And and different times as well, in different seasons, your cross might be different. And another important thing I want to say just before we start looking at the different points under this is that Carrying your cross sometimes means taking something on, picking it up, taking on, or it might actually mean putting something aside or giving up something. Yeah. And so the first thing that we want to look at that could be your particular cross, it might be the giving up of certain um, pleasures and indulgences. Lena, do you want to talk a bit to that? Yeah. So this is about choosing to lay aside our wants and desires for the cause of Christ. And um, our whole life needs to be given over to the cause of Christ. And so Jesus is first. And what do we have to do to serve him? We do no matter what. So if that's giving up um, our our favorite hobby, which is clashing with what Jesus wants us to do, we give it up. Um, what we do with our time needs to serve God. What we do in our day needs to serve God. And there's things that we can do that may seem innocent or innocuous that are actually becoming idols and we've set them up before God. And we can use these things as comforts. You know, food is a great example. You know, we might be struggling emotionally with something, so we might run to the fridge, run to the pantry. And run to the Nutella jar <laughs> with a big tablespoon. So that's, you know, that's a, an indulgence or a pleasure that we're actually placing in in first position instead of Jesus um you know our rest time that's another a big area where we can we need to have rest time so that we're rested well for the work so that we're physically mentally able to do it but the activities that we do need to honor God you know there's movies that I can't watch now because it leads me into temptation. You know, Ben and I have just done a big clean out of all our DVDs because we don't want anything in there that doesn't honour God. Even if that means sacrificing watching movies that we really want to see, but it doesn't honour God, so we can't. You know, putting away our phones because it causes us to disconnect with real life. You know, Facebook, Twitter, um, Candy Crush, you know, all the, the games and that sort of thing. That can really cause us to disengage with God and relationships around us. You know, how many times do we go out and instead of, you know, finding ministry opportunities, we're actually just on our phone wasting time. Yeah, that's so true. And it's really, it's all about balance, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, God's not sitting up there saying you can't have any fun or pleasure. But as Lena said, it's where that actually comes ahead of him. 
and takes you away from that relationship that you're building with them. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we need to be able to give up our rest time at the drop of a hat when we're called up into ministry. Um, <laughs> and you'll find in those times as well, though, as well, that, you know, um, he, you will find rest in him. So even though you may be doing stuff for him, you will, if you go to him, he will give you what you need to get through and, and you often do feel even more rested anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. Um Ben and I recently were helping a, a mate out by just doing some chores for them and even though it was, you know, it was hard work, um, yeah, we just walked away feeling just so awesome and pumped because, you know, we've got the worship going, we've got the podcast going, we're having a great time, we're serving God. And your attitude as well clearly, you know, helped there as well. You went in with the cheerful attitude and hmm. I hope you did. <laughs> that pause is making me think, yeah. <laughs> I was cheerful. Yeah, okay, Ben, maybe not. <laughs> was cheerful too. No, we, we know your hearts. <laughs> um um, even even things like um, our work, you know, that can be a pleasure or an indulgence. Um, our attitude to our bosses, we can indulge in, you know, having a lazy or resentful attitude yeah, towards true. our bosses. Um, things like our, our choices in our career to go, if you know, for women, you know, it's to go to work, to not go to work. Um, you know, I'm giving up a pleasure of spending time with my son full time at home because I'm choosing to serve Jesus and be obedient to him telling me to go back to work. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know, you, you've you've sought the Lord on that and you've heard what he said to you and, you know, sometimes that is what he asks you to do And mm. but he'll take care of Charlie and he'll yeah. still every day, so that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, so basically then it's really just giving up of certain things that wouldn't take you away, as I said, from relationship with Christ, anything as well that hinders you from falling, um, falling him, sorry, falling, yeah falling for him, <laughs> following him and fulfilling what he's asked of you, anything keeping you from obedience to his will, will for you and his plans. And you know what? It's not, um, don't take it as sounds, oh, I've got to give this up. I've got to give that up. It's actually, he says as well, if you lose your life for his sake, you know, you'll, you'll gain it and you just gain so much more and become more yourself. And um, it's just exciting, isn't it? And mm. you're just going to have a laugh of so much more. And, you know, Lena um, mentioned things like Facebook and, and Candy Crush and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's so true. I've just been um, looking at myself with that lately. Not that I play Candy Crush, okay, <laughs> just out there, but I know everybody who does because it comes up when they've reached a level. <laughs> but no, you know, in itself, it's not a a bad thing. Again, as I said, it's all about balance. But I was just um, reading Revelations this week and just reading where Jesus was saying, you know, I hold this against you. You've forgotten your first love. And I was just really meditating on that and thinking about that first love. You know, what does it mean? Obviously, you know, Jesus. But, you know, that's the person that you want to talk to first when you get up in the morning or, or when you get home or if there's something, you know, that you've got news to share or something exciting and you know where do you take it to and I was sort of thinking that I could go through seasons where as soon as I get home the first thing I do is check out Facebook and see what's been going on you know during the day it might be the first thing I want to look at in the morning and and so I think it's just really looking at my week and saying am I spending more time doing that or watching TV or shopping or whatever it may be, then I am in actually investing time in my relationship with Jesus because to have an intimate relationship with him or as with anyone, you have to spend time together. Mm -hmm. And so it's really looking at, you know, I can have all these other things, but 
am I actually spending more time on that than I am in the Word and things like that? Because the way to get to know Jesus is to get into the Word. So if you are spending more time on those things than actually getting into the Word and, and drawing aside to be with Him, then I'd say that is a problem. Yeah, definitely. And um, sin to an extent feels good, you know, especially the more we indulge it. You know, um, we've talked before about gossip. It's a tasty morsel. Um but we choose not to indulge in sin, to, to let it go, to obey God and honour him so that we can actually live free and large. But, um, you know, sin can really have a hold on us because it can really feel good for us. Um, when we look at Galatians 5 and it talks about, you know, what are the, the acts of the flesh and, you know, so often whether we actually act that out or whether we're mentally doing it, um, these are little indulgences that we can have in our minds um, that just get in the way of us truly... Um, serving Jesus. That's so true because so really taking up your cross is about dying to self, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And things like um, um, I talked about food before, but you know what? Things like having to give up um, eating patterns and things like that that don't aren't an investment in our health. So choosing to give up, you know, cake or whatever, things like that so that we can live healthy, a healthy lifestyle, which is investing in our long-term ministry. So, you know, when we get to 60s, 70s, 80s, we're still able to do everything that God's calling us to do and be physically capable of doing that. And um, so that's, you know, an indulgence that we have to give up now for the long-term benefits of that. And that's uh, it's not that you retire from ministry ever, ever, is it? It's like you just should keep going till the end and, you know, be full full of zeal till mm. the end, God willing. And as yeah. you say, the healthier you are and the more you look after yourself, the more you're going to be able to do that. And I guess the, the thing is if you're not sure, you know, and, and for different people what might be an indulgence or a comfort for me um, that might be something I have to give up would not necessarily be the same for, yeah. for Lena or for somebody else. You know, if it's something God's convicting me about, then it's for me to deal with. It's not for me to put my convictions onto someone else. You know, if it's a problem for them, then, you know, God will speak to them. And I guess really the way to look at it and to see it's really, um, is that where you're going for your comfort? So if you're feeling stressed and stuff, um, you know, and uh, are you going to Jesus to be your all and to be your sufficiency when, you know, when you're really going through a hard time going to his word or are you actually going to something else? I guess that's the way to look at it. Because the word says as well that we are to cast all our burdens on him. There's numerous, you know, numerous scriptures similar to that. Also, he tells us not to worry about our life and stuff. And if we seek him first, all the things that we worry about will be sorted. And so... I guess it's are you doing that when you have that stress situation or that point where you're being squeezed? Do you actually go to something else for comfort or do you get into the word? Mm. I guess that's a challenge for this point really is have a look at your life and you when you're under pressure in a certain area, when you when you're when you're angry, um, when you're upset, you know, things like that. What is it? Where do you what's your immediate reaction? Like where do you want to go? Where are you going and taking that? Yep. Um, is that to Jesus or are you taking that to another avenue? Yeah, that's great. And that is that is a really good test, isn't it, for yourself, whether something has become something that's got to be given up or whether it's fine for you. Mm. It's looking at that, so that's a good point. Right, the second um, thing that your particular cross might be is that, and actually 
sorry, I'll change that. I'm not, it's not might be. I think this is one that everybody will have because Jesus himself tells us that we will have it. And that is that you may need to endure false accusations and even hatred. And this is what Jesus says in John 15, 18 to 21. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. So that's why I changed at the beginning and said, no, we will endure it because Jesus says we will. He said, if they mm-hmm. hated me, they will hate you. And that if there's not, well, maybe it might happen to me. We know it did happen to him, clearly. So he was hated. Okay, so why was he hated, Lena? What did he do? Um, well, look at his ministry, his lifestyle. It was continual pointing to God. And, you know, he was surrounded by Pharisee sort of thing. And he's bringing healing and freeing people and bringing a message of um, just total um, putting God first before anything else. And, you know, people didn't like that. It's It's... Hard message. You, know, you look at um, some of his disciples that after some of Jesus' teaching, they said that's a hard teaching, and many of them left him mm-hmm. at that point. And I think we've got to take comfort in that people that had been with Jesus left him. Yeah. So you it know. wasn't just the guys from the get go who were his enemies going, Who's this up and coming yeah, guy yeah. who's stealing our glory? It was people who were like in relationship with, with him, him. Yeah. following yeah. him around, you know, yes. some of whom for several years and they yeah. went, no. Yeah. And I think that's, I find that very encouraging because if it happened to him, it's just to remember, yeah, yeah. when it happens to us. And and as you say, it's because, you know, what did he do wrong? He preached good news. He delivered people from bondage. He cast out demons. He healed people, raised the dead, showed compassion, you know, fed people. And you're going to find the same that, you know, it will. It won't seem logical because it's not logical. It's a spiritual clash that's happening here. But usually, you know, you haven't done anything wrong, um, and people just hate you because Jesus certainly didn't. But it, but what it is, it's that taking that stand to follow him, and and that's where you get the clash. And you know, you don't even have to be saying anything to people. You're not even speaking against them or against their lifestyle, but just your stand convicts them. And the problem comes in with um, a lot of people don't recognize conviction for conviction, so they feel condemnation because you know it can feel similar. And so, really, they tell themselves then that well, you judging them because when they're around you, they feel this. What? Pressure. Yeah, they feel pressure and so yeah. they take it as condemnation and that and then they will tell themselves that you're actually judging them, you think you're better than them, you think you're more spiritual, etc. And so they attribute all these things to you because of how they feel when they're in your presence, in your company, even though you're not judging them and you haven't said or done anything. And so, you know, we've just got to remember that there is always going to be that clash. And, you know, Jesus talks as well about we salt, you know, we to be salt. And, and that will sting. Sting. Stings, yeah. <laughs> I said to David, oh, I've been a bit harsh. Joyce Meyer put it so well. She said, you know, salt should make people thirsty for Jesus, and which is awesome. It sort of feels a much nicer way of saying it than me. But I guess <laughs> there's different times. Yes, it should make them thirsty. And some people, all, and for other people, I guess it will sting. Um yeah, so if you're enduring false accusation and hatred and persecution, just be encouraged in knowing that Jesus said it will happen. So actually we should be surprised if it's not happening, not all surprised and shocked when it does happen really. Yeah. Do you want to add anything? 
Um, if you look at Matthew 5, it says... <laughs> she just stole my next little... Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that's um, that's really good because that's that's what it's actually all about for us. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Uh, you know, we could get into a little pity party and rock in the corner there crying when people are, you know, persecuting or saying mean things. And certainly you will have to process your emotions. Yeah. But it's really about perspective. Jesus said it's going to happen. He says when it happens, we are actually blessed. And so it's about just shifting that focus off yourself and feeling sorry for yourself and, and, and realizing that, you know, it's actually a blessing. And yeah. Well, thank you that you have... Um you know, built my character, yes, built my exactly. ministry, built my reward. Yeah, thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good point. What you just said about the emotions, Carolyn, is that you know we don't need to um, feel you know any sort of guilt that oh, I'm like I just I know Jesus says this, but I still feel this. Yeah, this is going to be hurt, especially when it's people really close to you and they turn away and they. Um, they betray you, you basically. Yeah, this, you know, that rejection, it stings, it yes. hurts. Um, yeah. So there's m- emotions to be processed sort of thing. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just your your attitude mm. is not, I can't believe it. And, you know, sometimes you get angry at the just the illogical behavior <laughs> and talk. But, um, yeah, no, at the, the final point, it's thank you. Thank you, yeah. God. And eyes straight to him, not looking at the situation, but eyes on him. Exactly. And, and as you said, there's nothing wrong with the emotion. God has given it to us. It's not bad or good. It's just something he gave us. Um, but it's actually what we do with it when we process him. So that's where we've just got to be careful we don't go into sin with that. Um, but we certainly will, you know, can process and take it to him. That would be the way yeah. to do it. Not trying to sort of keep it because then, you know, you can fall into bitterness. Yep, then. that's exactly right. If you don't deal with it, you will actually yeah, get a bitter root. Um, and, and just that Matthew scripture, you read that last part where it says, you know, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And you will also get persecution coming against you as a result of your calling, who you are in Christ. You get that, but even, you know, your specific ministry as well. And I mean, Lena and I have both got prophetic giftings and really the prophetic is a voice that speaks truth and alignment and it's a voice that brings correction um, to help people to see that they need to where they need to line their lives up against the standard of God's word and that doesn't always go down too well does it no <laughs> and you know even when you you know you're not hammering them and you're doing it in a loving way or whatever, you know, sometimes people are not going to respond to it. Sometimes people do, but some not everybody does. And it's just that perspective of not feeling sorry for yourself and just looking at the big picture, you know, and just realising you are blessed. And, um, you know, because remember what I said, that it, it brings conviction to people. And so people feel uncomfortable and then they put it down to condemnation instead of recognising that actually maybe God's speaking to them. I love how the message puts it. Listen to Luke 6 verses around 22, 23. It says, count yourself blessed every time someone cuts you down or throws you out, every time someone smears or blackens your name to discredit me. And I think that's the perspective there, isn't it? It's Jesus saying it's happening on account of him. Yeah. So and and then it goes on and this is the part I love. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, and that 
that that person is uncomfortable. So as Lena said earlier, we shouldn't get surprised when it happens because Jesus says it is going to happen. I should actually be more surprised if it doesn't happen. Yeah. And and actually, I'd go as far to say is that if it doesn't happen, if never. we never offend anyone anywhere, then I think that we need to examine our walk because there's a problem because Jesus said it's going to if we are truly his disciples and following him. And, um, you know, if you're not offending people ever, then I would say that there's probably compromise in your walk and in your life and you really need to look at that. You know, the Bible tells us as well that we carry the aroma of life or death for some people, it's going to be life that would be receptive to it. And for other people, it's death and it makes them, you know, yeah. uncomfortable. And But our default mode, I guess the main thing of this point is our default mode is that we need to rejoice and consider a privilege to carry that cross of insult or false accusation or hatred. Because it's one that all of us are going to carry if we truly follow Jesus. Because he says, if they hated me, they will hate you. Anything else you want to add, Lena? I just wanted to add that um, just with the whole that conviction condemnation thing when you know we're walking around with just just life sort of thing in the aroma um sometimes you'll notice that we have you'll have like a close friend or something like that and there'll start to be a growing distance between you and you know it can be hard to know what's going on sort of thing and a lot of the times it's because of that very issue you're walking ahead and you're with christ and they're falling behind and it's not because of your action sort of thing but it's the life that you're carrying. And I think that's really good, Lena, to say it's not because of your actions, so to not take on any false guilt and stuff. If you're going ahead and growing in the Lord, yeah, that distance is going to come unless they're doing the same. And really we should be spurring each other on and challenging. You know, if you're in friendships where that's not happening, um, then unfortunately if one of you is growing, growing, and the other's not, eventually that is going to actually end the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um, that scripture about being evenly yoked sort of thing that applies in friendships, you know. There's a, yeah, pressure comes when one's straining ahead and yep. one's yep. not. And, you know, a real friend as well that's growing in the Lord will champion you as you're growing as well and be cheering you on and spurring you on and encouraging you and wanting to see you grow, yeah. not trying to hold you back or getting sarcastic or little jealous, you know, quips yeah. and things. If that's happening, then, you know, they're not a real friend. Yeah. They should be excited to see you developing in the things of the Lord. Yeah, and the, the flip side is if we're on the other side of the friendship watching our friends strain on ahead sort of thing and they're offline when they walk with Jesus and we're going, oh, what's going sort of thing. That's a encouragement for us to, to delve deeper into Jesus, not take that as an offense of, oh, they've rejected me, they don't have time for me, they don't want me in their life sort of thing. You know, we can take... Um, what they're doing, spin little stories for ourselves, and exactly. but it's about no, I want to, I want to, I want to walk more into you, Jesus. And I think sometimes pride comes into it because particularly where I've seen a number of cases where, you know, you may have one friend that is actually in, you know, um, a Christian and in the things of God more than the other one, and then the other one actually. Um, comes into their own and actually starts developing relationships with a relationship with Jesus and actually starts to art strip or or maybe not art strip initially but you know starts to be able to think for themselves and know the word for themselves and and not everybody can actually you know some people find that threatening they all right if their friend is below them what they consider you know below them spiritually and and I think if you are in a situation where you know, you have got people um, that are maybe, you know, further along than you and whatever. Not to see it as um, a threat, but 
and you know because of your pride you feel you can't ask them things and you got to sort of pretend that you're where they're at you know just talk to them and ask them to help you and you know so don't ever be too proud to do that because it doesn't matter what age you are you know sometimes it's intimidating as well for people my age older people to see people much younger who are much further ahead spiritually and so you sort of you know feel left behind or you can't admit to it or whatever, um, you need to just know, you know, they're not going to be judging you. They're going to love to share with you their experiences and to help you grow. So, you know, don't look at it as an age thing that, you know, you're going to not grow or you're going to walk away because you can't handle, you know, seeing that and your pride won't let you admit you're further behind than you thought. Mm. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's um, – so we've really looked at just – we've just looked at two points on, um, you know, what it might look like to pick up your particular cross. And, and so the first one was just – what was the first one, Lena? Um, lost first. it in my notes. <laughs> giving, up. giving up certain pleasures yeah. or indulgences and then enduring false accusation and hatred. So that's what we looked at. Yeah. And I think just, sorry, just another quick thought on that giving up of certain pleasures and indulgences. Sometimes, as I said to you, it might be a picking up or taking up of something. And and so it may be, um, you know, you're giving up, but you're actually taking up discipline in that area. Mm. And that's something you've actually got to take on and work at. Yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us and we'll, um, well, we won't see you again next week, but you know what I mean. Speak to you. You'll hear us. (laughs) We'll speak to you again next week. We'll speak and you'll listen (laughs) and take on board hopefully. And so just feel free to check us out on www.life-house.net or check us out on Facebook. Cool. Goodbye. See ya.